You're listening to the Sports Scramble Podcast, where four friends serve up a weekly plate of sports with a side of SEC bias. Now, here are your hosts, Chet, Jacob, Wade, and Tyler. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Sports Scramble Podcast, brought to you by Belly Up Sports. It's episode 52. We've been doing it for a year now. I think it's our one-year anniversary or sometime around that. We started in April of 2022. It's April 2023. So uh, congratulations on a year, guys. Woo! Yay! I think we took a year, a week off for Christmas, so it uh, might be a year and a week. Yeah, we're, we're, I think we had maybe like two or three episodes uploaded uh, that we numbered. I don't know. We, we may be premature on the year. Maybe we're almost at a year. We'll, Year-ish. We'll that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're but, getting there. Uh, we've got Tyler and Wade and myself tonight. Jacob, he came back for a show, but he's out sick apparently. So, Jacob, rest up because you're going to need your strength for the whack Part 2 this weekend taking place in Baton Rouge, Louisiana at the Santa Marie Golf Course. In case we have any stalkers out there, we'll be there on Saturday. <laughs> there's a public golf course, so stalkers are welcomed. Um, yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm leaning heavily. No on filming in this one, so no excuses, boys. Yes, yeah, we didn't we get our be. TV contract picked up for this. Hey, I've got a tripod. We can film a few par threes and see who can get closest to the pin. Make a TikTok. At least has this fancy camera we could use. What is that? The board background is backing it out, but it's got a golfer on the front cover. So, well, maybe we can use that one. Who knows? But yeah, (laughs) we'll be in town. Uh, The whole crew's coming together to watch some LSU baseball. Uh, Jacob, Wade, or Tyler, and I possibly Wade. We'll see. Maybe playing a lot of golf over two days. Play as much as possible. My goal is to have Tyler's legs fall off by the time Saturday night rolls around. Should have so, just ran but, the 10K, man. They would have done the done that. Yeah, let's jump into that. Oh, with we, the had, roads. we had Wade yes. participate in a 10K just straight off the bat. No training. Six miles. Got an awesome shot of him on the uh. The New Orleans news, just your your highlight moment. Tell us about that, Wade. Yeah, yeah. The TV crew caught me at like two and a half miles out of the um, the first 5K. So I, I ran the first 5K straight up like I would. Um, I just wanted to keep that pace. So at that point, I was very tired and still had over three miles to go. Um, but it, it was good. I was glad I, I pushed myself and just did it. Like you said, I didn't really train. Me and the dog ran like a mile a couple times last week to at least get the legs like remembering how to run. But uh, nowhere near the endurance that we that I needed. Um, but yeah, it was a, a fun event. We ran into a few celebrities. Thomas Morstead was out there. Um, oh, that's neat. Uh, cause you can run for a, a charity. So a lot of people are running for team Steve Gleason, mm-hmm. um, as well as, you know, some of the other charities you see the saints participate in and the Pelicans, uh, Tyler, they had your, uh, hype crew out there from the Pelicans. Where were uh, you you're you're so. a cross country state championship winner. You could have dusted those fools. Oh yeah. You won the whole thing. Yeah, maybe, in the, maybe in the three miles, but I haven't ran, I tested my limits past the three miles. So it would be interesting to see how I would do in a six mile race. I I don't know if it, I've heard that some people never run the true 10 K in practice. Cause it's just like a psychological yeah. thing that you need that, um, the, you know, the adrenaline rush the day of to, 
push you all six miles. Some people are crazier and do marathons and Ironmans. Uh, no, thank you. Um, you talked about the road conditions. There was a manhole with oh, about a six inch uh, diameter or no, probably six inch radius uh, hole <laughs> just in a metal sheet uh, covering a manhole. So, yeah, that could have taken that's out anybody. That's, that's New Orleans uh, street maintenance for you. That's pretty yeah. rough. So you had to kind of look down and you did go through the French Quarter um, just a little you, bit there. You the might have been running from something else down there. I mean, it <laughs> might have made you really get on yours. And take there off. probably were some people coming in from a night out as we were coming by at 7 a.m. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a good event. Glad I did it. Um, and who knows, maybe I'll do the Tiger 10K here in December. So do you know what, did you finish in like a certain place or they just gave you time? <laughs> yeah. The uh, male 25 to 29 age group is a brutal one because most people in that age group are really fit and like to run. So I definitely finished in the back half of the age group. I think I finished in like the back 200. It was like 460 out of 650 or something. And then male overall, I know I was past the halfway point. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, I didn't even run two miles of it. So if I get that endurance up, I think I can flirt with an hour. Room for improvement, room for improvement right there. The uh, I saw the winner ran the whole thing in like 31 minutes. That's yeah. keeping pace for a five-minute mile the whole time. That's crazy. Not touching that uh, for sure. But, yeah, I, I think that um, I could probably drop, you know, 15, 20 minutes just with some well, you good even, training. You didn't even train. You just went out there like – straight out the gate and said let's do this yeah Basically. i uh i ran a 5k back in college and that was one of the worst things i've ever done oh uh, <laughs> just so it's just miserable the whole time i trained for it too or tried to it was that's it was very rough. athletic but he does not like the i don't do any running cardio. and walking no i've gotten into walking i just got a, a push if you mix it with golf exactly i walked nine <laughs> holes yesterday um, it was really enjoyable, just you know, being in nature. I played a lot better too because I felt like I was more in tune to the shots. I was hitting greens. Um, just got to dial that driver back. I started spraying it a little bit, uh, but that's okay. We'll get it worked out. The um, but the 5K in college, luckily, I had my dog running with me. I had Nelly, and uh, when I wanted to stop and she didn't, she just propelled me to the finish line. <laughs> so there was she was ready to get this thing over with. I think I ran it in like 35 minutes or something. So, it's, I mean, three miles, it's like 10 and a half minutes. That was my 5K. Right 36 yeah. minutes for the 5K <laughs> and then 127 uh, overall. So, Tyler's yeah. out here running like four and a half minute miles when he was. No, not even close. My best three mile was my sophomore or junior year. I can't remember. It was uh, 19 minutes and 40 seconds. That's cooking it, man. That's, that's my best, but some people can run it in 15 minutes. Yeah, Dude, I was faster when I was in like seventh grade than I am now. You know, most things I'm better at, but not that. So in high school, our baseball coach during like, I guess you could call it spring, not spring training, like fall training, maybe like conditioning. He said, all right, everybody, you have to run a mile in under eight minutes. And if you don't, you have to retry out for the team uh, when they held tryouts. So all of us except for like three people made it and the guy that didn't make it was a big old boy he was our like 
third string catcher, permanent DH. He didn't really play in the field because he was just big. He walk up and just hit home runs. That's all he was there for. Um, and he just he missed the mile by like ten seconds. And the coach stuck to his word, made him try out. Obviously, he made the team, but it was one of those things where I was like, "Is he really going to make us try out again?" Uh, but there was some people teetering the line there at eight minutes. But uh, you know, if you would have, we needed to do was get our merch started a little earlier because uh, breaking news: we have merchandise. Wade, you could have been on the the New Orleans live news with the sports <laughs> scramble hat or the know, sports scramble tank top. So my uh, five seconds of. Free advertising there was a missed exactly. opportunity. Yeah, we we uh, we've got the merch live. You can get it in our episode description over on Bonfire. We got the hats, we got the shirts, the hoodies, the crew necks. The crew necks are really sweet. I think I'm gonna get me a crew neck here uh, shortly. But I got a hat and a shirt coming in. Wade bought the whole store out of stock. I mean, he was just like boom, boom, boom. Oprah, <laughs> you get a shirt, you get a shirt, you get a shirt. And then, of course, Tyler had to get some. I was hoping we'd have it in time for for the whack, but uh, I think it'll be the end of the month before it gets to us. So. But uh, let's get into some sports. We've been talking about cross country and running. I mean, that's sports, but it is a that's, sport. The, that's not what Ooh. the people moved into here. Uh, <laughs> we've got the Masters just finished up. There was a lot of headlines. Of course, the top one, John Rahm winning at 12 under, uh, came back. He was four back of Brooks Kepka to start the day. I mean, he started the whole tournament out with a double bogey on hole one. So, I mean, it was a the tournament was a a test of, I guess you could say, mental patience and physical strength and having to play through rain and wind and avoid falling trees on hole number seventeen. Which uh, if I was there, I would have gotten hit by a tree. I mean, yeah, that's talking, how, you see, how you secure tickets for life, right there. That's tickets. Talk about lifetime membership. I'm playing Augusta every weekend at that point. I mean, if you get, it's like a 60 foot tall pine tree. It'll probably kill you, but maybe you catch it on the, uh, right there at the end. Just put your leg on, break your leg, you know, snap your leg in half, have to get surgery, stay in Augusta for a little while, recover at the, the crow's nest where all the amateurs stay. Um, but that's a, yeah. Too many, people missed out. They were taking off running, scattering like ants. Like, no, I wanted to see somebody take one for the team and get a lifetime membership. Well, everybody there already is pretty well off, so they don't need to have a come up from getting nailed by a tree. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. True. They don't need any medical bills piling up. You would have been like a T getting stuck into the ground. <laughs> yeah, you would have. It was two of them. I don't know how you think about it. Like, when you go to a golf tournament, you kind of take your life into your hands if there's some bad weather because these golf courses have a lot of like big, tall trees and you know lightning. Uh, I'm surprised. Like I hit, I hit a tree yesterday with a drive and I snapped a branch uh, as it went through the tree. I'm surprised that doesn't happen more often. But I guess we are talking professional golf. They keep here. it in the fairway. Yeah. yeah, you never, you never know when uh, <laughs> when someone might hit a wayward shot, um, like John Rom did on his last hole. He ended up not even getting to the fairway on 18 uh but he still ended up making par so uh but you know john rom his his hero uh sevi from spain the famous uh spanish golfer who john rom kind of that's why he got into golf today was april 9th was sevi's birthday that's the day john rom won his first masters he had Wade, you sent something about the uh, the five k where you finished, you know, an hour and twenty seven, and your favorite number is twenty seven. Uh, John Rom's caddy bib was four nine. Today is four nine. Oh yeah, true. Sevy's birthday, the whole whole shebang. So that was cool to see. 
Um, but Tyler, what what was your takeaway from the Masters? I guess looking at some of the live players, you know, in the top in contention, you had Patrick Reed, Brooks Kepka, um, Phil Mickelson, and Brooks Kepka tied for second. Yeah, I don't think Cam Smith and I think Cam Smith and DJ at least made the cut, but I don't think they were anywhere in contention. But what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that was honestly my main takeaway. I know John Rahm. I think that everybody knew that he was going to be in contention uh, to win uh, the Green Jacket. Uh, you also could have said another surprise with Scotty Scheffler not being in the mix. Uh, I mean, coming off like Jacob said, it was a uh, it's very tough to win back-to-back years, and uh, I got to give credit to all the live guys. I mean, Brooks Kepka was leading this uh, tournament for three out of the four rounds, and then he has a three-shot lead going into Sunday, and he uh, really struggles on the front nine, a couple of bogeys, and then John Rahm just took that opportunity. And like you mentioned, you made up a good point. I mean, his first hole was a double bogey, and after that, he played phenomenal golf uh, after that, uh, but Phil Mickelson, I mean, he's 52 years old, but he's still striping it down the fairways. I mean, he knows this course from the back of his mind. I feel like his putts were on the money. Another guy I was very impressed with today was Jordan Spieth. He had nine birdies today. He so, led the uh, Masters tournament in birdies with 24 in the entire weekend. Yeah, he, he came to play. get out of the double bogeys. That was yeah, he came to play. So, uh, yeah, I just think that having three guys uh, from Liv uh, in the top ten is just going to create more headlines, more chaos as we get into, you know, more majors uh, in the year. Uh, but definitely the disappointment of the weekend was uh, obviously Tiger Woods. Uh, you know, he did make the cut, but he did have to withdraw. He did uh, suffer. Another injury, you could see it, uh, you know, in a, on a rainy day that he was kind of limping. I just knew whenever, whenever he was limping, that was going to be it for Tiger. He had a couple of, of bad shots. I mean, it was tough conditions. I mean, it was pouring down rain. I'm sure that that's not the conditions that you want to be playing at a, at a special place like that. But another disappointment uh, was Rory McIlroy. He also <laughs> didn't make the cut as well. He's very healthy. I mean, that was bad. Was, yeah, it's just been a bad year for Rory. His drives have been off. Uh, his short game has been off. Uh, so going five over and, and missing the cut, uh, JT also missed the cut uh, as well. That was another disappointment well, as well. Uh, so that that was pretty much my main takeaways. Uh, but congratulations to John Brom, another Spaniard, takes uh, the green jacket. I will say uh, we had a little bit of a test between Tiger and JT's friendship there at the end of round two because – it was Tiger, JT, and um, I think it was Sung JM was the other golfer that were all at plus two. And Tiger finishes with a bogey to move to plus three. And he needed either Sung Jay or uh, Justin Thomas to, to make a plus three for the cut line to move. Of course, they both ended up bogeying going to plus three. And unfortunately, Justin went to plus four and missed the cut. But uh, there was a little bit of uh, the whole meme about Tiger hand adjusting the tampon. People changed that to say just miss the cut or make a bogey, so that way Tiger could get in. But unfortunately, the the plantar and fasciitis, which Tiger, I feel your pain, bro. I got it too. It was my my foot was hurting today after walking yesterday. Uh, Tiger's is probably much worse considering his right leg is like screws and pins and rods and mine's you know actual bone and tissue but i feel like i got ran over by a bus (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i mean you just you ran it when do you get tiger running 10ks to prepare for this that's what's got to happen uh but i mean he as much as i wanted to contend when the weather's like this when it gets cold i mean 
I've got an old sh- shoulder injury. When it gets cold, my shoulder aches. I can't imagine what his leg feels right. You know, I mean, when it, it dropped down to like 50 degrees on Saturday, the wind's howling, it, it's raining its ass off. I mean, it was just like, I mean, it was not good viewing of the Masters, I can say that. So it sucks to see Tiger go out that way, but I think is the do you know if the the PGA Championships next or is, is it the U.S. Open? Um, I'm pretty sure it's the the U.S. Open that's next. Yeah, yeah. he didn't pl- he didn't play that last year. Just typically the U.S. Opens a hilly course, really tough conditions. They like to have the rough like six inches thick. Doesn't really go good for Tiger's walking, to say the least. Uh, so I don't know if we'll see him there, but we'll see him in the majors. And I'm hoping they keep the live players in the majors because it was fun watching Brooks go out there and tear the course up the first three days. Phil Mickelson shooting a 65, tying his course record and the oldest player to ever uh, finish second, I think is what the stat was. So, I mean, Wade, what do you think about – do you think would the live guys stay playing the majors or maybe there's some mixed events we get moved in like the Ryder Cup or – or president's cup i mean i'm all for protecting their um individual rights you know if they've won it in the past they get the automatic invite i think that's something they earned and it shouldn't be taken away um for that at least you know uh if they were like caught cheating or something then sure but um no i think that, that the guy that's, that's the guy that's in prison the previous master's champion that's in jail he, yeah uh, is no be, longer invited to the tournament that would be fair um you know, a guy like Patrick Reed can be a little shady too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that's that's totally fair game. But if it is a uh, PGA Tour event, you know, and the guys don't have an automatic qualifier uh, to get in off a of previous merit, then no. I mean, I think that that's just part of the the deal they made. You know, they're not on the PGA Tour, so they really shouldn't be playing in events that can affect the PGA championship. Um, I don't know how they calculated the FedEx cup standings off of this. If they had like a second set of standings that didn't include guys not on tour um, or what, but I mean, it is affecting PGA players money and, and standings. So I think that they do have to kind of be careful because if the live guys can have it all, then what's preventing guys from going over there and playing you know there's got to be some sort of candy to keep keep guys on the yeah. tour. and i was wondering with a lot of them being in contention the, a lot of the big thing was oh well you know they only played 54 holes you know they're going to come out here and just choke which we kind of saw brooks choke but <laughs> i think that didn't have anything to do with the amount of holes that he plays in an exhibition match uh i think i mean i think it opens up the conversation like you said the, the destin pj tour events yeah you got to be on the PGA Tour to play those. But I think the things like the DP World Tour and the uh, match play events, the Ryder Cup, things like that, and, of course, the majors, I think you continue to let them because it was exciting to watch, like, the villain, Brooks Kepka be there. Everybody's rooting for John Rahm. Of course, some people root for Brooks Kepka, But I saw him as, like, the villain, you know, trying to take the show. And then, of course, you got Phil Mickelson, dressed like an absolute assassin in all black. It was like it was the PJ Tour's funeral if he were to win the Masters. That would just, like I think, be ultimate chaos because the rumor was during the uh, Champion Center, he just kind of sat off by himself, didn't talk to anybody, didn't try to make any sort of controversy. So 
I don't know. I think if he would have ended up like it going to a playoff with him, Rom, and Kepka, that'd have been some must-watch TV. But we put up a poll on our Twitter account that if one live player could rejoin the PJ Tour, who would it be? And I listed Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, Cam Smith, Phil Mickelson. Wade, I want to know your answer, and Tyler, you next. Uh, for longevity, I'd say Kepka, but it just doesn't feel right that Phil when he retires from golf, ultimately, you know, won't get that PGA send off. I feel like he was a, you know, like a Derek Jeter, kind of like the face of the game for right. so long. And uh, for the, for him and Tiger's legacies, the end kind of the way they are currently or already have really. Um, I don't know. I just don't feel like it's right for the game. So. I mean, there was a lot of excitement when he finished up today. He gave the thumbs up to the crowd. It felt like it repainted his image because he was, like, hated last year, you know, with all this stuff was going on. Um, kicked out of the tour to say, you know, he wasn't invited to certain events. Uh, but I feel like the fans, after seeing him this weekend, and it's like, it's like his new personality. Maybe he's out of debt. You know, I think the rumor was he owed a lot of money to the Saudi Arabian government, and he probably <laughs> wasn't feeling so great. But he seemed to like be his his you know old lefty back to himself. So maybe his legacy will it's not completely ruined. But Tyler, who's your pick to to rejoin the tour if they got the chance? Yeah, I'm gonna go with Cam Smith. I mean, he just left at, at a very weird time. It was literally right after he won uh, the Open when he took down Rory. Everybody was rooting for Rory to win that, and then Cam Smith uh, really comes out of nowhere. Uh, also beat uh, out uh, Cam Young. That's another player I'm very high on as well. Uh, so I just feel like Cam Smith left when he could have been, you know, like the next up and coming, you know, you know up and coming Scotty that we're seeing, the up and coming. John Rahm that we're seeing. I just feel like he had some the unfinished business uh, that he left. And I know that he had a, he had a decent show in uh, this week. Obviously, he wasn't with uh, all the other live guys at the top, like Phil Mickelson and Brooks Kepka. But I feel like he just has the talent and obviously the experience uh, to be one of the t- to one of the elites uh, on the PGA Tour. But is that going to happen? Probably not. I feel like all these guys already made their moves and they're not going to come back like the PGA Tour is not going to want them coming back anyway. So, but if Cam Smith were to come back, that's wouldn't be my pick. I think Jay Monahan should send out an announcement to all the Live Tour players to say, "Hey, one of you is able to come back, no questions asked. First one to respond to the text gets the chance, and just see <laughs> who goes back." Um, my pick would probably be Brooks, which that that's who won our Twitter poll. Um, I just think. You saw he he mentioned it. If he was healthy and playing like this when Liv offered him the you know opportunity to join the tour, it, it would have been a harder decision. Um, Dustin Johnson probably not. He just he just doesn't care. He's DJ. He just goes out there and plays golf. He's like, yeah, they pay me way more money to work less. You'd have to be an idiot not to take that. So yeah, he went to Coastal uh, Carolina, so it's on. Yeah, it's on brand. <laughs> he, he doesn't care. He goes out there, collects checks, and he just spends more time with his family. Um, my pick would probably be Brooks. Uh, I feel like he's that guy who acts like too school, too cool for school, but he, um, I think he's a little like jealous, a little bit of FOMO watching like the players championship, knowing he could contend there. Um, you know, the Phoenix open things like that. Uh, but now he can only play the majors and I guess give it his best shot, which he did today. So 
I mean, nevertheless, Masters always is wonderful. Got to wait another year for it. I think next year I'm going to uh, order some of the, the taste of the Masters, you know, so I can eat my pimento cheese and my pulled pork. <laughs> get get the cups and the and the uh, uh, what are they called? The uh, the table liners. Thing. No, the thing you put your cup on on the table. The uh, oh, a coaster. Yes, a coaster. I don't know why I could think of it. Um, <laughs> I mean, that that'd be pretty cool. Have a little Masters party. Uh, but we gotta wait for another year. So uh, hey, next year maybe we get tickets. We're all gonna enter the lottery, obviously, but maybe it'll be our lucky year to, yeah. to take a I trip mean, to Augusta. I know people that have at least gotten practice rounds. Um, so you still get the same experience and and all uh, same players. So it's definitely yeah. worth the trip. Oh, and I would go broke in that mer- uh, merchandise shop. That's for sure. <laughs> I, I'd I'd spend so much money, it'd be a problem. We can um, go stay but, in South Kakalaki too to cut down on costs. Yeah, we'll just commute from your parents' house. It might be a little bit of a drive, but no, it'll be we okay. did it in October when the hurricane happened. We flew into Augusta and drove to Somerville. It's about how far? Two and a half hours. Eh, that wouldn't be bad. We just I mean, wake up at like three a.m. Yeah, might as well. I mean, there's no point in spending a bag to try to stay there. Go stay at the beach the rest of the time. Exactly. So, well. Of course, it's always sad when Masters Week wraps up, but uh, we, I think we've got a fun PGA Tour season up ahead. So I want to shift gears. We'll get into who got that dog in them. So this week's segment of who got that dog in them is brought to you by our friends over at Mahler Bros Golf. Well, we all want to look good on the golf course, but it often comes at the expense of feeling good. Mahler Bros Golf has polos that look good and feel good. With their lightweight and stretched material that hugs your body, you will feel cool while looking just as cool. The polos are guaranteed to make you look better, but it's up to you to golf better. Eh, honest. Uh, on a hot summer day on the golf course, there's no polo that, that you would rather wear than a Mahler Bros Golf signature polos. These suckers do breathe very well. Uh, Mahler Bros Golf has a large catalog of polos with designs for those who want a loud design, like Fudge. We say that every time, even though he's not on the show. And others for those who want a subtle and sleek-looking design. They also have fun t-shirts, hats, tumblers, and so much more to make your golfing experience better. Use code BELLYUP, that's all one word, all cap, B-E-L-L-Y-U-P, at MahlerBros.com, which is M-A-H-L-E-R-B-R-O-S.com, for 15% percent off your order. That's MahlerBros.com. Use code BELLYUP for 15% off. So, who got that dog in them? Tyler, I'll let you take it away. Yeah, I'm going to stay in the golfing world. I'm going to pick a guy that didn't win the Masters, uh, but really flashed some eyes and, and brought back some of the old memories. And that's going to be 52-year-old Phil the Thrill Mickelson. I think that no one had this man even close to finishing, not even in the top 50, I would have to say. Nope, I mean, this not guy a chance. A long shot. Looking at the odds, he was like plus 100,000 going into the weekend and even win the whole event. And he got top two. Uh, so finishing uh, tied with his live counterpart in Brooks Kepka. Uh, so I'm going to give this one to the live king, Phil Mickelson. So I saw when Phil finished up his round, uh, sitting at second place, you could place a bet on him to win. It was still 33 to 1 were the, <laughs> were the odds for him to win. Um, of course, my Chet's special parlay didn't hit. Jordan Spieth, top 10. Siwoo Kim, top 30. Guess who wasn't there? Max Holma, who was a plus five today, plus five overall, finished like 48th. 
Maxi Max, I love you, brother, but you let me down on these bets. So I think I'm going to stop betting Max Oma and go. Well, uh, we already did. Yeah, we got a futures bet on him out there at the PGA champ or the uh, U.S. Open. The U.S. Open. It is in L.A. He likes to win in L.A. So, may, hey, maybe he'll help us out there. Wait, we'll who's your pick for who got the dog in him? All right. So this one is a little bit of a adventure here, but we're going to Division Two baseball. Uh, for the University of Indianapolis, which is moving up to Division One within the next three years. They're transitioning up uh, for good reason, because they had a guy throw a no-hitter and hit for the cycle in the same game, one player. So talk about a two-way player. Uh, pretty much perfection on, on both sides of the ball. Uh, I know that he didn't quite get the perfect game, but for Brady Ware to get a no-hitter and then <laughs> collect four big hits on his own, uh, That's hitting for the cycle, pretty impressive um, afternoon there, and uh, I would say that qualifies for having some dog in you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, extra that, dog in you. <laughs> that the fact that I mean, hitting for the cycle alone is hard enough, but you're a pitcher and you're hitting for the cycle, uh, and then to get a no hitter, that's also insane. So to get both of them in the same game. I don't even that's, think Shohei has doing done that. I would give yet. somebody the dog for the no hitter or the dog for the cycle, but got to yeah. give it to him for uh, for getting he, both. He might be dog of the week champion. I mean, the, the overall for the entire year, that might be the best one I've heard. Yeah, um, mine's also in the Masters tournament. It's uh, the amateur from a Texas A and M, Giggle Maggie's, Mister Sam Bennett. Came out, historically, they've put the past champion and the U.S. amateur champion together. And he came out and held his own. I mean, he was in the final. He was in the pairing with Scotty and Max Holma Thursday and Friday. Beat both of them and overall in score. Uh, was in the final group in third place on Saturday with Brooks Kepka and John Rahm. Came out today, struggled a little bit, shot two overall for or two over uh, overall on the day. I think he finished at minus three. Let me pull that up to double check. Uh, where'd he go? Uh, minus two overall. Sam Bennett finished tied 16th for his first Masters. Uh, that's insane. And then he's got to catch a plane back to College Station and play in the Texas A&M Aggie Invitational tomorrow and walk 36 <laughs> holes. Yeah, I think he'll skip. Uh, no, he said he's playing in it. He said it in the in the uh, the press conference that he is still planning on playing, walk 36 holes, and carry his own bag. So he doesn't even get a caddy. Um, so Sam Bennett, he had an amazing story with you know losing his dad to Alzheimer's and the the tattoo he has that his dad wrote him. You know, don't wait to do something. Uh, just just really heartthrob of a story, and for him to go out and play like that uh, really captured you know the the hearts of America. So. Sam Bennett's my pick for who got that dog in him. Uh, another, I guess, we could shift a little bit to two other dogs in the NFL world. We had some news. Not a lot of NFL news coming out. We got the draft coming up soon. We're not a combine show. We're not a pre-draft. Well, I guess Tyler's been putting out his his uh, his mock drafts for the Saints. Last I saw, Hendon Hooker has done some interviews for the Saints, Tyler. You got any more information on that? Yeah, um, they've just been going through their private workouts. Uh, they already uh, did a private workout uh, with him, and I haven't really seen anybody like on like their first round picks because obviously they're not going to take Hendon Hooker with the 29th overall. If they were to take Hooker, it'd either be in the second round uh, or the third round. Uh, but 
it'll be interesting to see if they start trying to get some private workouts, uh, you know, with some defensive linemen, because that's really what the Saints need. And if they maybe they try and go after a wide receiver as well. But if it were for the Saints, you got to get a defensive line. That's what you need. So uh, I want to stay on Hooker for a second. Is he like able to play when the season starts? Because I mean, he tore his ACL at the end of the football so. season. I've he's heard still that kinda... he's ahead of schedule, and that it's going to be pretty odd. Uh, it'd be out of the ordinary for him to play at the start of the season, but it would also be very unexpected if he makes it past the start of round two. A lot of people want to take him in the back end of the first round because you can pick up a fifth year option on a rookie quarterback's contract. So a team like New Orleans that already has a solidified starter on in Derek Carr, it would be advantageous for them at pick 29 um, to, you know, potentially take him or trade out of the first round for a team that is looking to come in and get that option. So he's not a guy that's going to play right away, but I mean, let's face it, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, those guys might not be surefire starters right off the bat either. So. That would be interesting to see the Saints take him, let him finish his rehab, and just kind of sit and learn from Carr. And then, you know, I think you give Carr this year, and if he sucks, hopefully you drafted a quarterback, whether it be uh, Stetson Bennett or Hendon Hooker, as Tyler has predicted in his mock drafts. Because um, I don't – I mean, I think Carr will do good, but, you know, if he comes out there and just lays an egg and doesn't, you know, live up to expectations, I – I'd like to have a, a rookie to, to fall back on because you don't have Andy Dalton. I guess you got Jameis Winston for one more year, but it's like, yeah, you know, I think his ship has sailed. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what the Saints do. It's in a few weeks. And of course, you can catch Tyler and Wade on the Belly Up Sports Draft Show. They'll be breaking down the last, I think, five picks of a first round. That's what we're signed up for. So I may, now that I won't be at Baton Rouge this weekend, we're going a week early, I may pop in and say hello. Who knows? <laughs> Uh, but other NFL news, Tyree Kill said in an interview that he plans to retire at the end of 2025, at the end of his contract. He uh, said he's done 10 seasons. At, at that point, will have been 10 seasons. That's all he really cares about. He's won a Super Bowl. Um, he wants to get into business ownership. He's got a, a professional gaming team starting up. So, uh, Tyler, get the thumbs working. Maybe reach out to Tyreek, see if you can get on that uh, – <laughs> professional gaming team. Got to get the Madden game working again. Exactly. We need to practice some more Call of Duty, see if we can get it on that. But his um, Madden cheat code might be up if he retires because he won't be in the game anymore. You know, ooh, he, he plays with himself. That's true. That, that's a pro That might be an issue. Um, <laughs> we'll have to find another fast. Jaden Waddle's going to have to get quicker. <laughs> yeah. yeah Jaden Waddle's going to have to. Bump him up to 99 speed. Um other wide receiver news, Odell Beckham Jr. has found his home with the Baltimore Ravens, signs a one-year $18 million. Am, am I crazy? Does that sound like a lot of money for one year? It's a lot of money for a guy with uh, 34-year-old knees, didn't play last year, kind of was on the decline other than a nice little postseason run with the Rams. Yeah. Uh, I, I know that Baltimore needs receivers and they need to show some commitment to that position, but you're in a standoff with your franchise quarterback. There's a solid chance that, you know, I don't even Tyler Huntley is going to be starting games for you next year. I don't know if that's where I would put my money. So do you think this changes things with Lamar? Mm -mm. No. Uh, 
No, I think that like the receipt, like adding OBJ doesn't make this receiving core ultimately better. I mean, Rashad Bateman, can he stay healthy? Looks like Mark Andrews, he didn't have as good as of years he's had. And I think this makes more interesting the Aaron Rodgers news because this was one of his criteria. A, yeah. Like, oh, I got to have his OBJ and list. all these great receivers. So maybe this, I don't know. Aaron Rodgers to me feels like he's not going to the Jets at this point. It would have happened a long time ago. I mean, the draft is coming up in a couple of weeks. Green Bay would have wanted a first-round draft pick. So, I think Aaron Rodgers is heading to retirement, honestly. Okay. Tyler's got Aaron Rodgers pegged at retirement, and Lamar Jackson not landing in Baltimore. Play, I'll double down on my Lamar pick. Lamar to the, to Vikings. the Vikings. Yes, I got hate on TikTok. I hear y'all. Yep, skull. Lamar to the Vikings. Jets are holding out for Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Kirk Cousins. Okay. Um, you can't tell me Kirk Cousins like, wouldn't be an upgrade over what they had or have. Well, I, I agree. On, uh, I think hey, Kirk's and, now Kirk, now the Jets have a lot of weapons and at wide receiver now. So yeah, they got what Mike White's gone. So who's who else is going to be next? If they you know can't get Aaron Rodgers and Zach Wilson. You're up, bud. Is Zach Wilson still on the team? Yeah. Yeah, he's the I'm number he's the only active quarterback on the roster. Yep. I mean they should have at least this, signed like Taylor Heineke or something. This would be the most Aaron Rodgers thing to have a shopping list of wide receivers. They go get him and he goes, eh, I'm gonna go hang out in the darkness retreat, smoke my <laughs> mushrooms, and just kind of <laughs> chill. So, we know one well, thing he's definitely not going back to the Packers because Green Bay is no, done with him. Yeah, they're gonna have to sign sad. Matt Ryan if if all this falls through because he's like oh the only gosh. quarterback. The out saving there grace around. of Matt Ryan, they're gonna still go like <laughs> four and twelve. Yeah, that would be a well. You think the Packers are done on the Jordan Love experiment? I mean, they haven't really given him a shot. Oh no, no I meant the Jets would have to. Oh, go the get Jets, gotcha, gotcha. Matt Ryan. They're no, just I starting the Jordan Love, Love experiment because he's hardly had any playing time. I mean, he started in a couple of games, but you know, not as many games as Aaron Rodgers has had. That's I mean, true. he got drafted in Joe Burrow's draft class, also Justin Jefferson's draft class. He's the guy they took instead of getting Jefferson. Had yeah, they picked Jefferson, they that would have changed everything for Rodgers and company. But if they had Jay Jettis, they would have definitely won a Super Bowl whenever they lost to the Buccaneers in that one year. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, I mean, there's still a lot of things to play out, but I think come draft night, we'll know where the Jets stand for sure. Hopefully, Rodgers gives them a decision by then. Or I guess it's not really Rodgers; it's the Packers. The Jets the, have the Jets could up trade enough. up too. I mean, they they do have their their picks, and uh, they could trade up and get yeah, get a know, quarterback a for the future. Play. Say screw you, Rodgers. Yeah, get hit him with a discount double check, a little double reverse move. Draft Anthony Richardson. Who knows? And then I still think the Lamar's a great fit there. They might be bluffing on that altogether. We'll see. If the NFL is a waiting they game, not, um, not let go of Mike White. I mean, he was the definitely the Mike better White quarterback was the than what they have right now. He's in the, the division team. still too. Yeah. yeah, the team loved him. I mean, he had the swag. He had to. He had to fight. He had the dog in him. I mean, I picked him up in fantasy, and he sucked. <laughs> If but, the Jets uh, struck out <laughs> with uh, Aaron Rodgers, they might have to go get Teddy Two Gloves. Is he still playing? Yeah. yeah. He's uh, the third string maybe in the Dolphins now. Or they could trade okay. for Trey Lance. There's always that option. That's true. That's probably yeah, – I don't, I don't know. I don't You're just dealing with fire because he's the same boat as Zach Wilson. I mean, 
Wow, that would Trey really Lance just hasn't really bust. <laughs> yeah, Trey Lance is starting to become a bust too. I mean, he hasn't even seen the field half the time. I don't know if you can say he's a bust because he got, I mean, he got hurt in the like first series of the season, so it's like, man, you can't really. <laughs> mm, jump that reminds that. me of somebody. But Zion you, Williamson in the NBA. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you go trade away somebody for Trey Lance and you already missed on Zach Wilson, then you know those two are complete busts. Did Will Levis three? And Trevor Lawrence is sitting there like a king. So I mean, they would have missed two out of the top three prospects. Uh, that's a pretty raw deal. So that's a risk think, if they make that trade. I think that's a, a front office issue there. The Jets might want to reevaluate that. It's been that for like at least a decade. Yeah. Uh, I think at that point, you just got to look at it from the top. It's not the quarterback's fault every time. Not as bad as the Browns, though. The Browns are worse when it comes to quarterbacks. Deshaun Watson, $252 million guaranteed to get all the massages he wants. Didn't look like a $250 million quarterback last year whenever he he was on the field, that's for sure. They probably wanted him to tank a little bit, get draft picks. You know, they're playing in like, Five degree weather against New Orleans in his first game back. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I want to, you know, you bring up New Orleans. I bring up Baton Rouge. We bring up LSU this weekend. We uh, got L- Jacob's not here to stop us. <laughs> no, we got LSU taking on Kentucky this weekend. Uh, but and we will be at the game, the four of us. Hopefully, Jacob doesn't back out of us. I don't think he will. He will be there. He's paid me. And you want to know how we're going to be at the game? Tyler, can you guess how we're going to be at the game? SeatGeek, it's right there on the screen. Exactly. SeatGeek. You can get your tickets over at SeatGeek. And as soon as I find the SeatGeek commercial, here it is. You find out how. Hey, everyone. It's Ryan from No Credentials Required to talk to you about one of our newest partners at Billy Up Sports, SeatGeek. Yeah, live sports is great on television, but the feeling of being at the arena is a priceless experience. That's why our friends at SeatGeek are there to help you find the best tickets at the best prices. Not only can you get tickets to sporting events, we can also get tickets to concerts, comedy shows, musicals, and more. Search for your desired event now at SeatGeek.com, enter promo code BELLYUPSPORTS at checkout, and you save 20 bucks off your first purchase. SeatGeek. Life's an event. We have the tickets. Yeah, so SeatGeek, head on over there, enter code BELLYUPSPORTS at checkout, get $20 off your first purchase. That's what I did. I said, hey guys, y'all want to go to the LSU-Kentucky game on Thursday? Watch Paul Skeen shove 102 miles an hour down a hitter's throat? Heck yeah, we do. I said, oh, SeatGeek.com, boop, boop. LSU versus Kentucky, Thursday, right field line, tickets, $20 off, boom, we got the whole crew going. And if it doesn't make that sound when you make the order, you can sue us. No, you cannot because that is a that is a that is a sound only I can make. We've sold three shirts, so it's not going to be worth a lot if you sue us. Yeah, we, <laughs> we, we, we ain't worth that seven much. Bucks. <laughs> uh, but let's break it down before we get into the preview of the series. Uh, let's go uh, recap of this weekend: LSU, South Carolina, split a game one to one. Third game gets canceled because of the weather. I want to start with the first game. Uh, Paul Skeens let up two home runs, his first two home runs of the year. Of course, he's going to let up home runs to the two guys that are leading the nation in home runs, playing in the Little League softball field that they play in. Um, I think it was 320 down the left field wall, which is just a joke. I mean, he would have cleared that out. Baseball. Too. I mean, it was – I would have – Name it Alex Box. <laughs> well, well, still. Uh, and then we get a lightning delay, weather delay. Uh, not great spot for LSU. 
down 3-1. Still a very winnable game, uh, but with an hour and a half weather delay, of course, both starters are pulled. Hurts LSU there because you're looking at, oh, we might have to play a doubleheader tomorrow. Who do I want to put in? You know, when it's a close game, you don't want to lose it. Probably go to someone like a Garrett Edwards or Riley Cooper. No! Jay Johnson puts in someone with a 9 ERA. I don't even remember his name. It was Kip made the travel roster as a bat boy. And then yeah. come out and toss. Well, that wasn't even the bad one. Not the kid from Canada. I'm talking about the first kid. It was uh, Sam Dutton, wasn't it? No. That was our him. Sunday Dutton. starter last year. Yeah. Dut- Dutton comes in and lets him. He was him, a stud during play. his freshman season. Well, he sucked Thursday night. <laughs> Comes in and lets in like three runs. And then you say Buckham or whatever his name is. Buckham? Uh, I didn't even know he was on the team. Like Wade mentioned, he probably was the bat boy. Uh, I mean, he walks he walks the bases loaded. And you're like, oh, great. And guess who's up to bat? The, the guy that leads the country in home runs. He puts a nuke over the left field short wall for a grand slam. Okay, you're thinking, all right, we got to pull this kid. No, let's leave him in. He lets up another home run. No, he walks the bases loaded again. You got to pull the right. No, let's leave him in. Jay Johnson, what at this point, the game went from three to one, very winnable game coming off the weather delay to you're down like 15 to, to two. And it's like it, you got nothing. I mean, LSU was a losing, I think it was like 15 to seven. Tyler, is that it right? was 13 to 5. Yeah, whatever it is. We got, I mean, they played, they just chalked it up as an L. I don't understand that because you could have potentially won the series 2 0, but now you split it. Of course, it didn't look great on Friday. We're down uh, by four going into the eighth inning. Uh, we get some, some momentum going. I mean, Ty Floyd didn't look great. We had kind of a bullpen game there. Garrett Edwards comes in. And throws like two two batters, and all of a sudden he's grabbing his elbow. So that's not a great look after we just had Chase Shores with the injury. Um, which Jay Johnson j- did say there's no reason to believe it's a season-ending in- injury just yet. They still have some more tests to run, but things look on the positive side, so that's good. Um, you get the bases loaded. You get uh, Gavin Duga coming up, doing what he does. Mr. Clutch hits a grand slam to tie the game. And then I think was it Trey Morgan that had that RBI? Uh, to uh, take it was yes, that's right because it was Dylan Cruz and Tommy Tanks on the on the uh, bases and Mister CB, the Cajun Crusher, Kay Veloso, the fifth year senior, big boy. That the, the announcer better say that out loud if he hits a nuke whenever we go. The Cajun Crusher. I'm going to scream it. Um, they the, the announcers could not believe that he was only taking a four foot lead off of first base. Yeah, because he's pushing two fifty, man. He's not stealing. Like, come on. The announcement this week. Sorry, Wade. I know you're a South Carolina guy. They sucked. It was <laughs> awful listening to it. Umpire sucked. As bad as the umps. Uh, yeah, I was on the South Carolina baseball went through a complete rebirth since they, you know, won the national championship in two thousand nine. The coach became the athletic director. They made a dud of a hire. Until this year, it looked like they made another dud of a hire. And they probably got new announcers. So it's, it's a whole different program from when I saw it. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Those guys were pretty, pretty unbearable. But I think it does show how much money LSU puts into, you know, their baseball that 
we have guys like Ben McDonald on our broadcast regularly, who's really a national ESPN personality when it comes to, um, you know, their coverage in the College World Series and then the regionals. So, no one's better than Lynn Rond. No, yeah. he, he is top tier. Uh, no, I'm sure they're a little biased as well, but they do have a good well, that's what I was, That's no. what I was going to say. Was Every that, home run, he says, pucker up and kiss that baby goodbye, no matter what color you're wearing. That is true. Uh, I was going to say, I am being a little biased, being an LSU fan. Of course, <laughs> we were getting our tails handed to us on Thursday, and I was just, you know, annoyed. Uh, but, yeah, those announcers were – there's just no enthusiasm from, from either side. Um, and the camera – yeah, cameras were a little sketchy too. Like you said, LSU probably puts a lot of more money into their broadcast. Um, I'm just shocked like ESPN or SEC Network didn't pick it up. You got the number one team and the number six team in the country duking it out on Thursday and Friday. And you're telling me we got to watch it on ESPN Plus from the Gamecock Live National, the the, the Cock Network? I mean, yeah, what I, is going on? I would say uh, college baseball is popular enough at this point that there should be – you know, at the very minimum, two games a night on SEC Network. And, uh, you know, as the season goes along, you just flex the game up or down, you know, make it a five yeah. o'clock game. If you know, it makes me laugh. You know what they had on ESPNU? Alabama, Mississippi State. None of those oh teams were even ranked. Uh, so but they I had do... college baseball on ESPN? And... Yeah, they had it on ESPNU, Mississippi State, and Alabama. They had that series on. Uh, but, the one series I do agree was uh, Florida and Tennessee. That was really the headliner series uh, in the SEC. Uh, but I do agree with you. I mean, at least one of the games this weekend should have been at least well, on SEC Network. I mean, that's what they brought SEC Network, right? Is to have you know more a triple header game. every every Saturday. Every yeah, Sunday. it should yeah. be on like every day. It's not like you have you know it should be back to back to back. That's what they do in football. In football, they have an 11 a.m. game. They have a 2.30 game, and they had their 6 o'clock Saturday night game. So it's not that complicated. And, yeah, I put it on mute. I, I was sick and tired of those announcers. <laughs> I just listened to – I was going to listen to Chris Blair more than anybody during that. Uh, but Gavin squared, I got to give it to him, especially Gavin Guidry. I mean, he just like – Yeah, I want to talk about stared, that. Give a, give a stare down to the South Carolina. Uh, but I think outside of this, I mean, LSU probably played its worst series of the year. I mean – and we, compare and that one to the more. Arkansas that, series, compare that. that to all the other series as well. Their offense uh, finally got woken up, but, but their pitching right now is a serious problem. I mean, Paul Skeens, not, no discredit to him. I mean, that's a really good offense. You know, they got some power hitters in that lineup. It's their home ballpark. But Ty Floyd, we didn't even get to see the Sunday starter, so we can't even say anything about that. But Ty Floyd uh, is definitely concerning. So, yeah, we got to – Luckily, the, the series get a little easier. I think we're through the toughest part of our schedule. Yeah. Uh, one far. thing I, I want to go back to the game real quick. Uh, the South Carolina uh, Friday starter, uh, after striking out Dylan Cruz, he yells at the dugout, you can't F with me, and like gives him like, ooh. And then, gives and then up the next game. inning, Tommy Tanks hits an absolute missile. And then Trey Morgan hits one off the wall, and uh, he exited the game. And then Gavin Dugas hit a grand slam. So, uh, but Gavin Guidry comes in as a two-way player and talk about some freaking balls of stone, man. Like, big matchup, number one versus number six. You're coming in the ninth inning with a one-run lead, and you just sit them down like – He's wearing number one for a reason. 
it's good to see that a freshman kind of just being hot because, like you said, the pitching staff. Yeah, the freshmen, is, honestly, have been studs. Except for the, the freshmen out of Canada. Everyone's saving the bullpen right now, especially with the injuries. Uh, hopefully Garrett Edwards uh, isn't out for uh, a long time. It's looking like Chase Shores. Uh, that injury might shelve him uh, for the rest of the year. But if you can get guys, like, step it up, you're seeing Griffin Herring. He's been solid through SEC yes. play. And I think you're going to see more of Gavin Gidry, especially what he did against a really good South Carolina offense. Uh, he not only did he get the eighth inning, but he shut them down uh, in the ninth inning when they needed him the most. Uh, so I think as bad as, you know, as LSU looked for most of the series, you'll definitely take uh, splitting that series, go one-on-one. You go back home, uh, face off against another top 15 opponent in Kentucky. And if you can get two out of three there, then schedule really sets up nicely for you. You go uh, to a struggle in Ole Miss uh, series, uh, and then you have Alabama, and then you have Mississippi State, and then you have Auburn, and then Georgia. So that's that's like the bottom half uh, of both uh, the the West and the East teams. So LSU should definitely be in a good spot uh, whenever it comes to selection uh, election show on uh, Memorial Day. Yeah. So after we take on Kentucky, who is nine and three in SEC play this weekend, um, currently as it stands on April 9th, Happy Easter, by the way. Yeah. Um, the remainder of our season. They all have losing SEC records. You know, uh, Alabama's four and eight, Auburn's four and eight, State's three and nine, Ole Miss is two and ten, and Georgia is three and nine. Um, so, if a, a time for the pitching staff to start struggling would be now because they have a chance to figure it out. Um, now, you obviously don't want them to struggle. You want to try to but rotate them, let them figure it out. Like let exactly. Gavin Gidry start Sunday, and then let Christian Little. Yeah, like we need to get to see Little at the, the three spot this weekend. Uh, so I think we'll see him. I'm curious we'll to see, see who starts against Tulane on Tuesday. I think that might set up who, you know, it might be the answer. You know, if we see Hurd pitch against Tulane, uh, maybe that's another sign that they're going to put out Little there. Or maybe you see, if you see Little on Tuesday, maybe they give Hurd another shot or give one of these two freshmen, either Herring or Gidry, the start. But give them, give them all different scenarios because come postseason, I mean – you're going to use Paul Skeens on yeah. three days of rest if yeah. it comes to it. You're you not can gonna even use, use them on your uh, second game, too. I mean, yeah. you could put, you know, maybe go is true. run out Ty Floyd on the Friday game since you're facing the four seed and then throw Paul Skeens and, the, the, you know, it would be the winner of the 2v3 seed. You're gonna yeah, and we are looking way fans. ahead to us. Yeah, we're looking way game. ahead, but, I mean, but, it's looking likely if, you know, that yeah. – they take we care of this and LSU will be hosting not only the regionals, but the Supers. Yeah, so I like that idea, Tyler. You you throw out your number two pitcher when you're playing. Because, I mean, if you can't be like one of these lower tier teams with like your number two guy, then you shouldn't be yeah. there. So, uh, but I think Tuesday versus Tulane, we see Thatcher Hurd. Uh, and then maybe you see like a, a you know, a very – structured pitch count you see a herd and a christian little considering yeah little you got to get little because yeah. that's a long rest period you don't want to give them too much rest right uh but i mean beginning of the season you flirted with riley cooper starting game two maybe he moves back into that role he's a good lefty uh you mentioned uh drawing a blank now on his name uh lefty freshman griffin herring griffin herring he's a good He's so good in the relief and closing. I feel like you don't want to move him. Yeah, especially with injuries to Edwards and Shores. you got to yeah. keep at least one of your like key freshman guys in the bullpen for now. 
Yeah, hopefully we'll find out more on their injuries tomorrow during the Jay Johnson radio yeah. show. Uh, but, you know, Kentucky, I don't know much about them. I just know they're – I think they're ranked 15. They did lose the series to Georgia. who's last in the SEC East. Uh, kind of tied for dead last with Ole Miss in the SEC. So that's not a great look. But we are back in Alex box. We'll have Paul Skeens pitching on Thursday, hopefully. Uh, the Hopefully the weather lets up. I mean, they sh- and- he should. He only threw like 50 pitches. Yeah, so – Hopefully we get a, a, a just a great matchup, a lot of offense from us, from LSU. Obviously, LSU biased here. Um, and Paul Skeen just has like a 12, 13 strikeout appearance, and uh, we go home on a dub. And we get a get – a, we need – we're still looking for that first sweep. I think you get a sweep against Kentucky, that really sets you up for the rest of the season. Yeah, especially if you get a sweep against Kentucky, I think there are some sweepable opponents. I mean, I know that the SEC, it's, it's very hard to sweep anybody. I mean, who would have thought that, you know, Missouri would have swept Tennessee to open up a SEC play. So I know that you're seeing like a lot of the, the lower tier schools. I think that, you know, Georgia looked like a sweepable, but maybe they're finding their rhythm. Mississippi State is looking like they're finding a little bit of rhythm after beating Alabama. So I think that if you're looking at the one series that could be a sweep, I would say uh, at the home series against Alabama would be probably the possible sweep there. I just think they did. They, they just don't have the pitching like they did uh, last year and that, if you don't have the pitching, you're not being this LSU team. Yeah, because like like we saw, they can score however many runs they need to yeah. score. I I was a little worried on Friday, but one thing I learned is never count them out because this offense can just erupt for yeah. six, seven. Can erupt any time. You could be down four going to the eighth, and you're like, oh man, we're about to sweep them out of our building. Then all of a sudden, Dugas hits a grand slam, and you know this could really uh, save you know. You got to keep up with Arkansas as well. You know, they're eight and four. Now LSU's in seven and four. So we'll see if this like one game loss uh, will come down to the wire and and hurt uh, the Tigers. I don't think it will. I mean, if you look at a head to head, we'd be, I think it'll probably just maybe affect the SEC seeding, but don't the one and two teams get the buy anyway? They'll just look at the winning percentage and um, go from there. I mean, they'll be regional, super regional host at this rate, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you. That's can all. I mean, as good it, as know. much as you, you know, the SEC tournament is great. That doesn't mean a damn thing. I mean, just I hate to bring up LSU again, but LSU women's basketball—they didn't even win close to the SEC tournament. Look where they went. So, SEC tournament's all fine and chance, dandy. Man. You know, Hooper is a great place to play, but in the end, your ultimate goal is to go to Omaha and, and post that national championship trophy. That is true. Um, so hopefully, we see our Tigers take it that far. Uh, let's shift gears here to the Major League Baseball. Uh, but before before we get into it, I want to tell you about our friends over at Fanatics. I don't know what that background is, but hey, if you're watching on YouTube, you just got a fancy little background. What is that, Steve? I don't know. It's just, it just like uh, Georgia. Or... I don't know what happened. Um, we'll switch know. it back. <laughs> <laughs> but if you head on over to fanatics.93n6. TX.net slash sports scramble. You get your team gear. You can help us out. That's where we get all of our LSU gear, Saints gear, Pelicans gear. Um, you know, you name it, we got it. Uh, we head on over to Fanatics, get it there. It'll be in the episode description. Uh, and of course, they run daily specials uh, on the weekends, usually free shipping. During the week, you can get lucky, get like a 60, 70% off. Um, so the MLB, you got an undefeated team, MLB Rays. You can go ahead and get them a World Series winning shirt over at Fanatics if you're feeling lucky. 
I mean, let's talk about the Rays. They're uh, they're nine and zero on pace to win 162 games. And, you know, first undefeated season in MLB history. They are the last um, MLB undefeated team this year. Uh, they extend the MLB's best start in 20 years. Uh, Tyler, you and Wade are the MLB guys. I just watch college baseball. And I backed out on them in our preview. I I said the Rays will win the East, and I said no. Well, you could, hey, it's still, it's still early. early. You can back in. Early. You could park your car and stay there. Their pitching is just phenomenal, and that's and that's what is going to get them uh, to contend in the loaded AL East. I mean, the batting lineup is hot right now, and that's a big reason why they're nine and zero. But those guys will fade off. But what the Rays really do well is uh, dive into those analytics and find the pitchers that you know might not be big name guys, but uh have a certain skill that they can really capitalize on and uh i mean these guys just know how to strike batters out uh left and right guys that were middle relievers on another team come in and they start for tampa and throw seven shutout innings so it's just kind of a weird phenomena that's been going on for years i don't know how they keep it going maybe they need to stay in their crappy stadium and not move after all but uh, pretty cool for, I think they still have the second smallest payroll in baseball, you know, for a sport that doesn't have a salary cap to be uh, that competitive with the names they have is, it's a good story. I, I like seeing them in the AL East, especially beat up on the Yankees and the Red Sox, because those two teams are two of the biggest spenders um, and bandwagon teams. So uh, got it. I always have a, a soft spot, spot in my heart for uh, Tampa Bay. Yeah, I mean, this is a great story. I mean, I, I mean, going into the season, like you said, I had uh, the Rays uh, winning this. I mean, their schedule isn't great going off of the bat. I'm not discrediting them, but so far they played the Tigers. Nationals, yeah, it was Oakland. <laughs> hey, don't, don't be hating <laughs> then, uh, on the Tigers, man. That's who I'm on on MLB Show 23. Well, they okay? need you up the there in real life. But other than that, I mean, yeah, Shane McClanahan was a guy that I had it on my fantasy baseball team uh, last year, and that dude was a stud. I mean, he was very consistent. I think that the Rays – their pitching staff is what controls them. If their offense can get rolling, then I just don't see them really letting off the gas pedal. I think that this is good for them to get off to a hot start. You know, this is going to be a backloaded uh, AL East. You know, the Red Sox, we'll see if their offense can stay hot. You know, Adam Duvall is just hitting home runs left and right for that team. Rafael Devers is also on a hot streak. Uh, the Yankees, they're always going to be contention. The Orioles or a sleepy team, the Blue Jays are a team that could possibly be contention. So I could see, you know, two to three teams in this division by the end of it uh, making the postseason. So got to give my kudos, though, to the Rays. You know, I'm not going to discredit them for their schedule. They didn't, they're not the ones who made it, uh, but I think they're handling their business when they need it. And I think that the fact that this has been like 20 years and the making that no one's really gone on to – you know, start off the season so hot. You got to give credit. And the Devil Rays, their throwbacks, that's all they needed. I mean, those throwbacks. are definitely one of the top two uniforms along with the Florida Marlins throwbacks. Oh, yeah, definitely. Those things are sick. Oh, another, I guess not MLB, but I think, I think double A or triple A. Uh, the Chattanooga lookout, Lookouts. Double. Get no, double A. Yep. Get no hit. But they still win seven to five. Over That's the Rocket insane. City Trash Pandas. <laughs> you let called, up seven. Just cancel the, cancel the team now. That's called 20-year-olds <laughs> learning how to throw strikes. <laughs> yeah. 
that that that's pretty bad. And then you got a uh, you know other minor league. Uh, Tatis Jr. hits a home run in the minors, and the announcer was like, "So and so is going to remember this and see telling stories for the rest of his life." Uh, that pitcher clapped back and said, uh, "Cheater during steroid rehab assignment hits home run." And yeah, I don't know that like, he should be allowed to start playing minor league games until his suspension's over. I get that he needs to reacclimate himself, but that should be after the suspension. I agree with you. I think you're suspended. How many games was he suspended for? 60? He's suspended until May 1st, I think. Oh, so it was like a deadline? Hey, like the way a, the well, Padres offense up. is looking right now, they're not missing him a beat. <laughs> He's moving into right field uh, when he gets to the pro level. So that's interesting because, you know, typically if he had a shortstop hit 50 home runs and he was 23 years old, you wouldn't sign a 30-year-old shortstop to a 13-year contract worth $300 million to replace him. So I think he's kind of on a short leash with the uh, Padres front office. I mean, if he can shape up and his bat still plays, they'll have one of the best hitting right fielders in the game. But if he causes any more trouble, I mean, this team's already got his replacement. Has he gotten a big contract yet or he's still? Yeah, he's on a big contract as well. They signed him to a... Oh, that's right. Yeah. Like a 12-year, $300 million deal. So they, they have a lot of money invested in them. But as far as on the field, they do have uh, Xander Bogarts now, Manny Machado on a big contract Machado. as well. So he's not necessarily the face of the team anymore. Machado got kicked out of a game for uh, the the hitter t- clock. You got yeah, and they had him on ESPN and- tonight talking about that. And he's, he came around on it. He said, you know... I do like getting home in about two and a half hours. It's nice. That's but true. They had a game finished in less than two hours the other day. Yeah. It's like yeah. an hour and like who 50 was. minutes. Yeah, that's crazy that baseball is that fast. Yeah, I I can get behind it uh, to some extent. I think that especially for MLB playing 162 games, I think it's kind of a necessity. I would rather – not have a pitch clock, lower the games to 100, and just make every game a little bit more meaningful. We should just um, start well, adding the run rules, too. I mean, if you're up beating a team like 23 to 1, then what's the point of like, yeah, if you're already playing a long rules. enough series, then just make it a seven inning game. And it's not like you're gonna, your pitcher is not gonna get at the innings. You have 162 games. Yeah, give, so, give them run rules, give them ties for games longer than 11 innings. Kind of like hockey does with you know shootouts. Uh, if an NFL game can tie, an MLB game can tie. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. Yeah, I agree with you there. I think the 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 emphasis on it being less time is just our generation is very like, I guess short attention attention span. You can say we want to <laughs> media be quicker. That's why we're doing shorter YouTube videos. You know, trying to get a little more attention span there. Um, so I think the MLB is changing from its historically old game to now trying to be in with the times and grow their audience because let's face it, the people, the old people that were made the MLB what it was, they're all dying. They're going to be dead 20 years. Like well, you gotta... said, I was hoping I could make it to, you know, 50. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? The people that, that are against shortening the, the game. They're not going to be around to watch the game in 20, 30 years. So you got to kind of play into the new generation and how they watch sports. So you could, they're working to make NFL and college football shorter. Uh, take away, so, you know, keep the clock running. 
just take away some of the damn commercials. You can make the game shorter at that point. But it's uh, I think it's probably good for the sport to try to get it back uh, moved into this way. So uh, that's kind of all I got on MLB. Anything y'all got anything else on Major League Baseball? What if you just did one 27 out inning for each team, and that's it? <laughs> that's the game. Everybody gets tw- every everybody gets three <laughs> runs through the lineup. That's it. <laughs> 27 you might be on to something. We'll have to talk to the commissioner on that one. Uh, let's <laughs> shift gears to the, to the NBA start. The play-in tournament is set. Before we get into that, the Mavericks are being investigated by the NBA for tanking. They let Luka – they needed to win this game to make it to the play-in tournament, and they let Luka play like a quarter and then pulled him. Um, Kyrie didn't play. As soon as Kyrie joined that team, they went from like 95 chance to make the playoffs to like they should have known. Kyrie's like the biggest locker room villain. Yeah. And you know, I knew that that was just gonna happen. As soon as they, any team signed Kyrie, they were not making the playoffs. So uh do you think they tanked on purpose? I mean it's oh uh, yeah, for late. sure. Yeah, for so, sure. Um, because um and one of their draft picks, uh, so if if one of their draft picks land outside of the top 10, then they have to give it to the Knicks. So if they would have made the play in and then made a run to the playoffs and they're all, they're automatically already outside of the top 10. So I think they're trying to build towards the future, but they're also pissing off Luka Doncic. I mean, this yeah, is not a good your superstar player and you're pretty much saying to your face, Oh, we don't give a damn about if you want to go into the play in and try and compete. Uh, for the playoffs, because I think the Mavericks have a good enough team that they would have made a run in the play-in and, you know, gave, uh, you know, Denver, you know, this was a team last year that made it all the way to the Western Conference uh, Finals, you know, beat beat the number one overall seed Suns before losing to the eventual champs uh, and the Warriors. So I think that's a slap in the face to Luka Doncic. And honestly, I think that Doncic is going to be gone by, you know, the, the report is right the summer of 2024. I think that he's going to ultimately request a trade. And this is going to be another, you know, Kevin Durant fiasco of a superstar yeah. player wanting to go to a contender. So, yes, I think that, you know, the the front office is doing a terrible job with the handling of this. So I, I hope either the NBA does something, you know, like penalizes them and takes away their first round pick or something like that. Because, I mean, teams obviously around, you know, the NBA that's locking up their, their spot, their resting players. But this is taking it to another level. This was like – a tankathon. Well, this on. is a yeah, blatant yeah. tank. Um, hey, Mark Cuban, if, if you want to trade away Luka Dockage, you can have Zion Williamson uh, because I don't think he will ever play another game as a New Orleans Pelican based on injuries. He's just when he's on the court, he's amazing. But you're looking at a Pelicans team that has made the play in tournament back to back years without him. We've had BI for like a third of the season. And now he's back and healthy at the perfect time, which is great. But, I mean, how long do you think the Pelicans are going to ride this Zion ship out before they trade him away for some picks? They have to ride players? it now. Yeah, I mean, I just don't know how long they're going to ride it out. I just don't see this organization moving on from him. It's just like the lack of transparency. You know, it's feel like every – you know, whenever you're getting the weekly updates, you know, it's like the, the two weeks. And then from uh, David Griffin, he's saying that, you know, now he's not going to be available for, for the play-in tournament. Uh, but what the Pelicans, you know, lose on, you know, on Wednesday against the Thunder. And it's like, well, oh, he's healthy now. He can play. It's just like yeah. the same story uh, last year would happen. Uh, so, ultimately, whenever, like, I saw this question of all the Pelicans fans, like, they're going back and saying, was this season a success? No, it wasn't a success. 
Uh, you know, you were the number one seed with a healthy Zion. I mean, so last cool. year, you were in a better spot. When you got the nine seed, I was like, damn straight, we're the nine seed. You know, you were 36 and 46. You know, now you're like, damn, we have the nine seed. You know, there were some games that you look back, you know, the blown lead against the Warriors, the 10 game losing streak ultimately hurt this team, you know, if they would have been like two and eight or three and seven, they would have been at least the five seed. I mean, that's how tight the West standings was uh, yeah. going into today. But I don't know. I just don't see this uh, team moving on from Zion quite yet, but it would be interesting if if the Mavericks would touch a Zion for Luka straight up because I think Luka on this team, oh, boy, that would be scary. I don't think that's happening. I yeah, think that's his not happening value is all-time low right now. I mean, yeah. He's, you got to stick it out until he's, you know, viewed as the game's next best player and then make your decision. When there. he's on the court, when he's healthy, he is. Yeah. I mean, like Ty said, they were the number one seed. It's just the, the one way he's built. Like, that's why, like, he's built he's a like a, a linebacker. And <laughs> it's like every season he's getting hurt. So, you know, what? what's going to change? Like, can he change this? Because, you know, he can't really change his structure the way that his body type is. So, I don't know. It's a question that I don't think that ever will be answered. Yeah, we'll just see if you can stay healthy. So, looking at the play-in tournament in the East, you got the Hawks taking on the Heat and the Bulls taking on the Raptors. Wade, give you two picks. Ready, go. Uh, Raptors, Heat. Okay, Tyler. Yeah, I, I think that it's always tough uh, to go on the road in these play-in type environments, so I'll, I'll go Raptors, Heat as well. I'm going Raptors, Hawks. We're getting some uh, – I can't even remember his name. I've watched like no NBA this year. Trey Young, Trey Young, baby, Trey Young. Young into the playoffs. All right, going on the Western side: Timberwolves, Lakers, Thunder, Pelicans. Go, wait, Lakers and Pelicans. Tyler, yep, I'm gonna agree with Wade again. I think that the Lakers at home in the Crypto Arena, especially with a healthy Anthony Davis the and LeBron Arena, it would be it would it would be a tough matchup against the Timberwolves. I think that the Timberwolves win that game that they could give Minnesota, I mean, Memphis a problem in the 2v7. Uh, but I think the Lakers win. And then, obviously, I'm going to show a little bias here. I'm going to go with the Pelicans. I'm going Pelicans. And my pick between the Lakers and Timberwolves ties into the TMZ Sports segment of the week. Um, I'm picking the Lakers. And the TMZ Sports segment of the week is that Tristan Thompson sides with the Lakers to be closer to Khloe Kardashian. Or Kardashian. <laughs> so, no. some drama there. No, because um, he wanted to be able to pick up the tab at dinner because he's broke. That Needed too. A little, needed a little extra money. But apparently, there's been some rumors floating around that I'm looking at a video that Chloe Kardashian is at the bank. And it looks like it's Tris Tristan Thompson in the passenger seat. Uh, so, you know. He's trying to be a little closer to his baby mama, trying to get him a bag, maybe a, maybe a championship. We'll see. Out of um, the 10 seed. <laughs> yeah. I don't, it, ain't gonna, it probably ain't going to happen, but I just thought yeah. it was funny. Yeah. I don't think if the Lakers beat the Timberwolves, there's no shot that they beat Memphis. Yeah. It so. baffles me that the MLB playoffs have a one-game play-in for a team that actually, you know, maybe won 100 games out of 162, and then the NBA – adds three playoff spots and once you get to the playoffs it's a seven game series against the one seed like come on yeah Short i think that. that should be a lot shorter 
Um, but hey, maybe we'll see Khloe Kardashian sitting courtside, and the Kardashian curse will continue, and the Lakers will be out. Like, just don't get near Rudy Gobert; he might punch you. That is true. Rudy Gobert touching Mike during COVID, punching teammates on the sideline. And they still won. I mean, they went through all that, and they still won today's game. Yeah. Um, that's all I got, guys. Y'all got anything else? That's about it. So, looking, looking forward, forward to, the, to uh, the game on Thursday. Our sporting weekend. Yes, we got. Big LSU series, big golf rematch. Wade and I are here to take you and Fudge down, Tyler. You got to watch out. We're coming for you. Fudge uh, is questionable we, right now. We appreciate everybody tuning in, listening, um, watching on YouTube. If you are over there, go over to Sports Scramble Podcast on YouTube. Hit us with a subscribe or on Twitter at Sports Scramble 4. Uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We love them. Uh, thanks for listening, and we hope you all have a wonderful week.